0: Welcome to the Credit Union Business News Podcast, the only all-digital, all-business resource for credit unions. This episode sponsored by Bader Training and Consulting. We create environments where employees actually want to come to work and members want to keep coming back. I am Ken Bader, your host for the Credit Union Business News Podcast, and this is a real treat. Uh, I've, I've done a number of interviews, produced a number of shows, um, and this is one of the most aligned guests that I've ever come across in terms of culture and morale. And we recently had a, an awesome conversation on Cool Culture Corner, another one of my shows. I said, you've got to be on Credit Union Business News Podcast. <laughs> but let me tell you about him a little bit. It's Dr. Dave, uh, which is, he's known as on campus and across the country. Uh, Dave Schram is a professor and family life extension specialist at Utah State University in the Department of Human Development and Family Studies. He studies strong couple and family relationships and translates his family findings into leadership lessons and improving work cultures. I, I know that for a fact after talking to him before. After graduating with his, with his PhD from Auburn University, he worked as a professor at the University of Missouri for nine years. Uh, he must've started when he was 10. He looks pretty young there. Uh, since arriving at USU in 2016, he's been appointed by Governor Herbert or is it a bear? I don't know, but we will call him Herbert to serve on Utah's commissions on marriage. He appears on televisions, uh, monthly on Fox 13s, the place, and he shares tips and videos on social media to help individuals, parents, and couples thrive in their life journeys. I have a lot more here that I could say about him, but he's got a TEDx talk that just came out and he's just simply an awesome guy. Dave, welcome to the show.
1: Oh man, Ken, it's so great to be back with you. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. I enjoyed our conversation before. I just wanted to keep it going. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll have a little bit of a continuation and a little bit of an overlap today. Uh, But you know, corporate culture especially in credit unions where non-for-profits uh they're doing so many good things out there in morale and and teamwork is so important but let's get to the real crux of it because you're a family expert yeah how you have your your work on family fundamentals you know really segued into your work on workplace culture
1: yeah, it really did. Can I, I for the last you know fifteen years or so, I've been in academia and I've studied um, families and close relationships and and what makes for um, successful families and uh, relationships, marriages, parent-child relationships. And then it was not until recently that I thought this is interesting. Can our our lives are actually split into? I'll call them a. I call it the life pie of possibilities. Okay, so you imagine this pie and it's divided in, into. Thirds. About one third of our life, I refer to at least our adult life as the professional life. Most, you know, right? Many people at work. About one third um, of our life is the personal life. So whether it's at home or if you're in a relationship or family or leisure time, whatever you do in that other third, and then the other third is our. I call it the pleasant life, or basically sleep. Right. So we have <laughs> a third, a third, a third, and and what I've been doing with my third of my professional life is actually studying about how to help people in their third, in their personal life. And so these connections and the research that I've done, I think has some interesting spillover. And these areas, they really do, right? If we don't get enough sleep, then we're not, we're grumpy around the people, we're uh, both at work, we don't perform as well, our home life suffers. So you see that these three pies, these three slices really affect each other. Um, So that's kind of the, the big picture of where I'm coming from is my professional life has been studying about how to improve people's personal lives. And I've learned some interesting things lately.
0: Yeah, yeah. And there is the old adage that, you know, you spend a lot more time at work than you do at home or with your friends. So if you don't have a positive work balance or or work life, I should say, work experiences, I like to say, yeah, that's obviously going to bleed into other areas of your life as well as to your career, right? Yeah. All for
1: sure. Yeah. These, these areas, we have to keep them in check because if there's way too much or we're stressed out in one area, we bring it home. We, if we're stressed out from our work. We don't sleep well. So all these, it really is a matter of balancing these and for, for, uh, you know, the last few years I've been studying and, and looking at these, what, what families do for their family members and they meet can at least three fundamental human needs for, for surviving and thriving in this life. And so, These, these three needs are essential. I'd love to talk about them a little bit about how they influence both the home and the the family and the workplace. And the first one is uh, fundamental need is safety, right? This is our drive to survive. So not only are we talking about food, you know, clothing, shelter, but, as far as work, it's a paycheck, right? We have to have some money just to to survive. But also, there's a psychological safety as well. We've been hearing this a little bit more now in the workplace. Of so, my psychologically safe, do I feel like I can open up and be myself, or am I guarded? It's not a, a kind of a safe, you know, environment where I can be. So that's the the first need. The second need is um, satisfaction. And so families meet that need by, we, we do fun things together, we have traditions, we go out, we play board games, we have ice cream, watch movies, all these types of things. The list is, is limitless as far as meeting that need for satisfaction. Now in the workplace, it's interesting because now more and more, especially I would say in the last decade, the last maybe decade and a half, many workplaces are saying, hey, we need to provide some perks. Right, whether it's a meal or a ping pong table, foosball, I'll let them have some time off. Maybe go volunteer in the community, yeah. some pay time off. All Twister these types games, of things. To something. Make. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that <laughs> kind of stuff. To kind of change things, change up at work to make make it more tolerable, enjoyable um, at work. Because the science in here shows that when we're pa- happy and positive and we're satisfied, it turns on all the learning centers in the brain. Right, we're more mm-hmm. productive, creative. Activity increases, intelligence rises, all of these outcomes in the brain increase. And then that that third need, so we need safety, satisfaction, and the third one is connection. We're all born with this longing for belonging, this craving for connection with other people. Uh, In the family sciences, we know it's really important for children with attachment, especially when children are young, to attach, to feel bonded, to feel close. Now, the, the connection is different, right, as far as a family, but I still call it connection. In that, do I feel like, and it relates to some of the safety, like I have someone that I can talk with, we can laugh, we can have good times with, so we're satisfied, but is there someone that I can really open up to, man, I'm really struggling, I've got this teenager that's that's driving me nuts, and someone that I can connect with. I have a friend, we have some friends or buddies or someone at, at work. So those, those three are, are critical, and that's really where I, I thought, hmm, I think I can um, take this research and family science and have it spill over into the workplace. And that's what I gave my TEDx talk about is actually these, these fundamental needs and how they improve a work culture and, and business.
0: Sure. No, you're, you're spot on. We, we joked the last time we talked that, uh, that, that you're a PhD in, in this family expertise. I'm sure you could say it better than, than I would. Um, and had never taken a business class or worked in business and I've never, done any studies on, on family dynamics and so forth and have an MBA in entrepreneurship and worked in business all my life, but yet through that very, very different curriculum, we've come to almost 100% exactly the same place in, in opinions um, on corporate culture. And two things that you said, which were really brought up some memories for, for me, not necessarily positive, Now a word from our sponsor, Bader Training and Consulting. When it comes to sales training, do you force a process onto your employees, or is your staff part of the process of creating a unique business development process that aligns with your unique brand, culture, and strategy of your credit union? Obviously, given our tagline, creating environments where employees actually want to come to work and members wanna keep coming back, we believe in creating a process from the ground up, not just stamping old 90s level sales training onto our employees and hope that they actually do roll out those tactics on a daily basis. At Beta Training and Consulting, we implement the B plus C plus S process where we actually look at the brand, culture, and strategy of your credit union and take your frontline employees through a process of creating a process, a unique business development process for your credit union, rather than just old tactics that have been used at institutions for time after time that you know, sometimes they work and sometimes they just burn out your employees. So if you want to create a true, unique, branded process of business development, and not just sales tactics for your credit union, talk to me, Ken Bader, at 714-681-2821, or at kbader, B-A-T-O-R, at btcinc.net, and we'll talk about creating a unique business development process at your credit union one that not only produces results, but also increases the morale at your unique institution. Uh, I won't mention the credit union, but number of years ago I did work at a credit union, and that culture um, really did not have the URE um it it was it was really more of a cult and you talk about safety uh the ceo asked people to to give their opinions in a very very large meeting um i gave my opinion in this open forum uh and later on you know literally within 24 hours my boss calls me in and says come on in here it's like yeah the ceo isn't very happy with you and what you said and well, okay, then, then why are you asking? I didn't swear. I didn't call anybody out. You know, I gave my opinion on a certain program. Um, if you didn't agree with it, that's perfectly fine. You know, go in your direction. But, you know, now I'm not going to speak again. <laughs> and that could... Yeah, and that connection was lost. Like, I'm not going to tell you, my boss, because I don't know where it's going to come from. I'm not going to tell anybody else, because obviously this is more of a cult than a culture where you know nothing is behind closed doors. And, and it, it blew up the, the entire experience. And the last part of this that I'll, I'll mention, and I'll, I want you to comment on it, is that you know I talk about the fact of how culture really does uh, transfer to the bottom line. And this was a large credit union that had quite a bit of resources. But if you went into that HR department at any one time, you know that, that you know, uh, fictitious or uh, virtual revolving door was spinning. The HR departments mm. were writing a severance check to this person, they were bringing this other person in, they were hiring for this job again. You know, and, and, and to see not, not just you know, from a standpoint of what that did to the morale, but more so what that actually did to the bottom line of that organization.
1: Yeah, You know, you just nailed it, and that's a great example. And your example, sadly, is repeated day in and day out in countless cultures and in business, whether it's credit unions or not, this is happening, and it's happening way too often, too much. They're they're not understanding this, and what happens, and I'm gonna talk a little bit about the families and say, yeah, this is the same thing that's happening there. Right. If a if a child mentions something and I'm not I don't like this and, and then a parent just burns them and says, I'm not gonna open up, I'm a teenager, I'm just gonna keep it all in. And so what often happens in the workplace is that people will leave and quit their job or leave and stay at their job. Does that make sense? Yeah. So they're leaving, they're checking out, but I'm staying because can my need for safety, I have to have a paycheck. And until I can find somewhere else, but I'm checking out. I'm not satisfied. I'm not connected. Maybe only one of my three needs, and that for many people is is enough. I'm gonna stay just for the paycheck, but man, I'm I'm checked out. And that you just get that that's toxic. Yeah. Again, if you only get people that are there for the, the paycheck and you're you're failing to meet those other two needs, it's gonna affect the bottom line. Sooner or later, and, and likely sooner it's gonna spill over. And you get one disgruntled and they're talking to this person, like this is horrible, yeah, it is, and they create this. This spiral of chaos, and so yeah. it's it's sad, sad of what's happening in too many workplaces.
0: Yeah, it actually, you know, whether it's credit unions or other business, I I partially joke and but partially serious that quit if somebody quits and leaves that's not necessarily as bad as somebody quitting and staying (laughs) that's 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 tremendously worse and also for all my credit union friends out there i'm very very happy to say that over 25 years in the credit union industry the experience that i just shared fortunately is the exception and not the norm. you know normal normally there's at least a, an average decent culture or a very good one. Um, so so fortunately that isn't the norm. But speaking of family because I, I find, especially in the credit union industry, which which isn't necessarily a bad thing, it's often a good thing. That they often have a family-type culture. They have kind of a uh, less of a corporate, more of a hey, you know, we're gonna we're gonna party together, we're gonna picnic together, we're going to serve and and help charities together, and we're gonna work together, which is a very positive type of dynamic. Um, you know, given you know, talk a little bit about the value of treating employees like family and what that really looks like in in terms of improving a culture and the bottom line
1: yeah you bet and, and these are these are fundamental principles but again it's stemming from kind of the family because before we went to work right we were in families and and uh, i think there are some key ones when i talk about strong families i'm talking about principles such as as gratitude simply mm-hmm. feeling valued and and recognized Uh, what was it? 81% of employees said that they would work harder for a grateful boss, 35% report, never being thanked by, by a manager. I think, Oh, that's a simple one. That one's free, but it's gotta be specific (laughs) You can't say, Hey, thanks everybody for working so hard for it. Yeah. That doesn't do much, but when it's very specific, that's simple. Uh, another one is kindness, service, little random acts of kindness, right? I know, Ken, your favorite drink is Diet Coke or whatever it is, right? That Here, occasionally, hey, I was just dropping by or I got you a coffee or, or whatever it is, little random acts of kindness. Families do that and strong businesses do that as well. A few of these others, uh, humor, play, right? Fun, we have good times, as you mentioned, together in families, it spills over into the workplace. Um, awareness, being aware of people's lives, especially in a, talking about a credit union where there's not a thousand employees, right? right. In this, in this Usually, area, yeah. but that it is smaller. Yeah. That there is at these branches. I'm aware, I'm aware of maybe that you're going in for surgery this Friday, your family or there's struggles or your, whatever it is that there's, people are aware of each other when awareness creates that, that connection as well. Uh, others in strong families there's time together we do celebrations maybe it's you know Fridays we have or two, Taco Tuesdays or these little fun things that we do together um, forgiveness acceptance and forgiveness in family cultures but also in work cultures you're, you're gonna bump into it whenever you're in an environment where you're around people eight hours a day family or at work you're gonna say things you're gonna do things you're gonna rub someone the wrong way but one of the toxic things is being able then to hold that grudge and start talking about people behind their yeah. backs. That's poison. That's poison. So being quick to, to forgive, um, other generosity, right? Openness, um, commitment and trust, family councils, there's family councils and you mentioned Ken, right? You get together, here's a meeting and Hey, does anyone have anything to say? And you said something and you got burned. But <laughs> So those are some principles that happen in the family. And when those characteristics of strong families are happening in the workplaces, yeah, that's what I interviewed and actually visited some of the top word places is rated by com, in the nice. whole United States. And that's what I found is some of these strong characteristics. And it does affect the bottom line tremendously when people are synergistic and we're working together it's a higher cause. I'm contributing. I'm having fun. I feel safe, connected. It almost doesn't feel like work anymore. It's a joy to come and to, to help things grow and to be better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, to, to, your, to your point, um, not only in this last answer, but the earlier one, you talked about connection. And one of the things that, fortunately, I was mentored on and learned at a couple of credit unions in very positive cultures, um, as well as, as saw the value of it on my own is, is the, uh, the, the tool of one-on-ones. Uh, just sitting, scheduling time with your employees, each of them regularly, one-on-one, uh, whether it's in your office, in, you know, at a Starbucks, you know, local coffee shop, you know, conference room, whatever the heck it is, uh, whether it's once a week, once a month, once every two weeks, um, I found that to be very, very valuable and it's one of the tools, you know, it's not very high tech, <laughs> but it's one of the tools that I tell my clients, especially ones that are trying to maybe not have a poor culture, but are trying to improve it. You know, you want to do one thing, do this, you know, and schedule these one-on-ones and make sure from a connection standpoint, you, you, maybe you schedule an hour, at least that's what I used to do. And I always was very, very clear with each employee. I said, you know what, I have, I'm have, i going to have about five, maybe 10 minutes of stuff, uh, to use a technical MBA term, stuff that I, I need to get through. Maybe it's a project we're working on or a new initiative I need to talk to you about or what have you, or we need to review an objective. But once I'm done with that, you know, I just want to get that out of the way. It's your time. Yeah, you know, if you want to take that, that last 45 to 55 minutes and talk about work, talk about career, even talk about something personal, you know, the, the door is closed. You know, it's, it's, to me, it's like, you know, I'm a Catholic, you know, it's like a confessional. I'm not going to go out and, and spread this unless it's something, you know, really serious like a harassment issue or legal or something. And, you know, I found employees, you know, some of them, you know, really talked about their personal life. And and one in particular, you know, poor guy, you know, found out his wife was cheating on him with his best friend, and you know, we we had to work through that, and, and you know, we we that was the crux of our one-on-ones for for weeks, and then eventually he, he got out of it, which I'm I'm really pleased. Um, and, but some people too, you know, it, the meetings would last fifteen minutes. You know, like you know, I really don't want to talk to you about personal stuff. You know, I'd rather spend this time getting ahead uh, on work. So not a problem. I'm here for you yeah if you need it i'm here if you don't this is your time and your your way to use that and i think that taps into more of say a family type culture than some of these big team like cultures would you agree with that dave or, or am i just way off base
1: <laughs> no, no i completely agree with that that is a family culture and it's interesting that we're talking about these one-on-ones because just this friday i took uh, we have, we have three daughters and a son. And I took our youngest daughter out on a one-on-one daddy-daughter date. Yeah, it was so much fun. We laughed. and We played her songs and took selfies. And I took her to Dairy Queen and had ice cream. And I built that relationship right one-on-one. And it was funny. And I asked her probably you know fifty questions, just all about her life. And yeah. and so it was getting to to know. And that that those moments. Like that pays off dividends as far as our relationship, the emotional connection, which is different than you don't want that too much emotional connection at work. But to your point, you know, you you spent that time with that guy who's going through a struggle and some people may say, "Ah, look what you're doing. He's not working you're wasting time. He could be doing, oh, if they could see that the investment in that, when he feels like I can share, you're helping me through something personally, then I can go and I can manage it. I can feel like, yeah, I can give some time here. Yeah. But emotions, emotions
0: have to be managed and dealt with first before behavior can be improved. Yeah, yeah, to, to, to your point, that individual was, was one of my, this, and this was a numb, this was decades ago, uh, was, was one of my top employees before that happened. Really struggled for, I'd say, about a two, three month period, but then bounced back to being that top employee or better. And I don't think that that would have happened if if we didn't address that and he didn't know that he he had a safe place um and and by the way i'm i'm really ticked off because you didn't invite me for dairy queen i love dairy queen i didn't i didn't i didn't get to go uh, but uh, but you mentioned favorite drink. My favorite drink is Blue Angel coffee, which I'm drinking right now. So you can make up food. Boom, but anyhow, right <laughs> yeah, anyhow. be that as it may, the audience may have already figured out we enjoy talking to each other. So this may be a longer episode. Uh, but we're getting a lot of good stuff. Um, Let's talk a little bit about – we talked about a family-oriented culture. Let's talk uh, about the differences between – family and team culture because i believe and i've never done any real um deep uh technical work on this but i found in, in one of my favorite articles uh from harvard business review is a uh the concept of stages of growth that the business much like a human being you know they grow and they go through growing pains and so forth the exact same thing happens to a business and I find that as a business, especially credit unions, because I see a lot of this uh, in this industry, as they grow up the stages of growth, uh, and they hit some of these growing pains, they they find that this family culture, as much as they love it, that this business is screaming out for a little bit more, um, a little bit more structure a little bit more process, and that has to tie into more of a team culture, whereas, you know what, this person may not be coming to picnics with us, uh, but, darn it, you know, this is exactly what the business needs is his or her expertise. So we need to morph this, which is painful from a family to a team culture. Can you talk a little bit from your perspective on that concept of going from a family to a team culture and some of the differences and how that's not necessarily bad. It's just, it's just different.
1: Yeah. I I like actually how you ended that because it's not necessarily bad. It, it, it is different and, and it's different in, in a few ways and one is kind of the uh, kind of the emotional connection right the connections may not be there. I may not you know like and you don't have to like you don't even have to be like oh you know I don't want to treat them like they, they bug me there's something that drives me crazy but I'm on this team and we're working on a project and we've got to get something done and I'm gonna rely on them for maybe their creativity their insights they're gonna review this that we've got to work together for a cause and so when maybe maybe we have our differences and maybe we don't hang out after work or during work or do puzzles or ping pong or anything else, but that's when you say, okay, you know, we we've got to um, we got to have a common goal, kind of this vision, right? This mission. We're, we're contributing to a higher purpose, and that's okay if we are not, if we're each doing our team, right? We're putting. There's still no me right in the air. I and team, yeah. we still are contributing our very best to the the bigger picture. And maybe we do some things on teamwork and we have team meetings we have these discussions and maybe where we are open and maybe some feedback that, uh, you know, that wasn't the best for me. We need to do that. So when it comes to team, I think how we approach that is, especially when there's maybe some disagreements and, and wow, we got to put our heads together, is tone and how you, how you can still be friendly, but the tone of voice in relationships can, we call it a harsh startup. I can predict with over about 96% accuracy, if you start your sentence, you you come at me with a harsh tone, you say, hey, it's about freaking time you got this done. Yeah. If you come out with that, that harsh startup, there's only a 4% chance that, that thing is going to actually end you know, less than it began. But 96% of the time, that's going to spiral out. And so I think the approach is, is key, especially in teams, where it's this, OK, we may not feel like family, but we've got to get this done um being able to draw on each other's strengths this is a so i'm a big fan of the signature strengths by uh, dr martin seligman so Mm -hmm. he's kind of the father of positive psychology and he had and everyone can actually fill this out for free it's at authentichappiness.org, and uh, you know scientifically it's rigorous you can go through and fill this out and what it will do is it will kick out your top five signature strengths now this is not singing and dancing things these are like forgiveness and mercy (laughs) definitely wouldn't Um, be
0: on my list (laughs) yeah no no not me either man i can't see her
1: dancing at all but i actually i'm staring right now at the bottom of my computer screen over here your top five strengths i think it's that important i print them out i put them there and i mind gratitude kindness and generosity capacity to love be love forgiveness mercy and so being aware of each other's team members' strengths i think is huge i see taking even a team meeting and saying hey what are your top five everyone has a minute we do the survey We then we share our, our strengths and you can say that's interesting yeah. because maybe yours is creativity and mine is yeah kindness gratitude and so you think oh okay if i let them that person know yeah how grateful i am right yeah. so you, you work on each other's strengths in a, in a team just like you would in basketball there's a someone that's tall he's got a great jump mm-hmm. shot this one, hey, he's a great dribbler. Let's put him as point guard. So you use your team mentality. And maybe that team, they don't go out to dinner, every right? Maybe the, the Chicago Bulls or whatever, the Warriors, right? They don't go wow. out and do everything as a family, but, but they're a team. And they draw on each other's and use each other's strengths. So I think that's a key point.
0: Yeah. I, I love that analogy. You know, you're not going to put the five, nine point guard. That's great at shooting threes, you know, in the paint. That's just, that <laughs> just doesn't make any sense. No, sense. nor putting the seven, two guy, you know, at mid court to, to, <laughs> to start running the play. Um, you know, that's perfect. I, and I, I really love what you said, you know, in terms of, of both tone and team, you know, on, on the team standpoint, you know, as these businesses, credit union or otherwise, are going through these pain points of the stages of growth, um, one of the things that I find, and I, I'm i sure you're familiar with DISC, I've used DISC with clients before, and it's, it, it's a great tool, don't get me wrong, but one that I found more interesting, especially for those uh, organizations that are going through some of those pain points and trying to make that transition from family to team is a tool called Team Dimensions. It doesn't go as, as deep uh, into uh, personality, but more into you know how much like your analogy of basketball. You know what are your strengths and how do you like to participate in a team? You know some people are starters, some people are finishers, some people are refiners you know, where they're not going to come up with the idea or hold people accountable to finishing, but in that middle process, they're going to refine the ever-living heck out of it to where you're going to have a much better better product at the end. And knowing that, I think being able to share that to begin with is a, uh, is a quality of the family culture of that they're able to share and that, hey, we're able to work more as a team and using some of these tools And on the tone, uh, I'll give my father a shout out. He was a very successful high school teacher for decades, I think over 40 years. And I remember, you know, so many other classrooms were were nuts and he taught at my high school. And, you know, especially with um, uh, the substitute teachers, you know, classes would tear these people apart. And he'd had his own class. He would also substitute. and His class, you know, was never... One, never misbehaving, never out of line, and two, they were always having fun and you know I asked them you know kind of what the secret is, and he says, you know one, you know you don't tolerate any garbage right from the very beginning because as soon as you do, then they people keep pushing back, but also you know i from a tone standpoint yeah you know, I just there are certain rules to my class yeah, you're not going to read the newspaper in my class, and when I see somebody reading the newspaper. I say, put it away, and now you have to leave. And like, no, no, you know, I'll put it away. It's like, no, you don't understand. We can still be friends. You know, I'm not even, I'm not even angry. But this is the rule. You read the newspaper in class. Now you have to put it away and go wherever. I don't really care. Go to the bathroom. Go to the bus bench. You know, go home. Go to wh- wherever. I don't care. But you no longer have the right to be in this class today. And you know, that tone was like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in trouble, but I'm not. <laughs> so that that tone is is really important.
1: Oh, man, it really is. And your dad is, was amazing. So, <laughs> at, so underneath that tone, even again, I think about, um, I think about these three words, and we may have talked about it before, and this little kind of pyramid of positivity that that your listeners if they can understand. At the bottom of this is is connection that people will be so much more open to the – so it goes connection, direction, and correction up at mm-hmm. the top. But if you tried to correct somebody, like your dad, if he didn't have a good relationship, but there wasn't respect, you know, back and forth, and he was just a jerk and said, hey, you idiot, you know, get out of my class. You're not going to read that, yeah. right? That relationship is just like, oh, Shut. forget you. I don't Yeah, so it's gone. So having that connection with employee, and that's built with these one-on-ones, the kindness and the gratitude. Then people are more open to the teaching, even speaking about teachers, but this is managers or anybody else at work. They're open to the direction. And then when correction, and correction is going to be needed, right? We don't pick somebody if they make a mistake kind of depending on the the degree of the mistake but we don't just kick them out and be like man like how did you do that what were you thinking you idiot so it's it's important to get those right because so much time is spent up here correcting 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 but we have to invest from the bottom up with with connection before correction
0: yeah yeah well yeah in your work with with organizations and even with families is is there a, a top recommendation that you would make um, with businesses, especially credit unions, nonprofits that are maybe struggling with morale, that that they may be able to to use this one tip or this one idea that that helps them at least a little bit, um, even today.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I might even give them an acronym, uh, easy to remember, bag, B A G, and it simply is be a giver. When you're uh-huh. a giver and you give of your time, you give gratitude, you give kindness. You, you're give. It's magnetic, right? When you're, you have this interest in their well-being, personally, professionally, then you give. And givers, uh, and it really stems from from inside, right? The character of that person. But that's one of the easiest things to do. And these studies that I've looked at, uh, Martin Seligman's studies, he's done over the last couple decades, literally hundreds of research studies have shown that an act of kindness a single act of kindness produces the the most reliable right momentary increase in well-being of any exercise they've ever tested Mm -hmm. so be a giver be a giver turn outward instead of inward Uh, and it's tough to do especially during stressful times and strained relationships because the tendency is to turn inward but turn outward and and
0: be a giver that's that's awesome you know Dr. Dave, I could talk to you for another two hours. Um, <laughs> but, yes, me too, uh, let's do it. And <laughs> it, it maybe it may, it may we will You know, collectively, but, uh, but we'll, we'll wrap up the show because you've given so many great points of knowledge and tips that uh, we have more than enough content for one show. Uh, so I will ask one last question is just simply, you know, if uh, any of our credit union friends out there um, want to find out more about you where can they best find you online and in the so-called universe
1: <laughs> yeah yeah you bet I'm, I'm on LinkedIn for those who are on LinkedIn and um, David Shram under LinkedIn but also I've got a website it's um, dr. Dave Schramm and dr. Dave instead of spelled out doctor so dr. Dave uh, dot com. and there yeah I've, I've got all, all kinds of resources and helps uh-huh. that people can, can access there so
0: Awesome. Awesome. So you can find them there. Uh, we'll definitely put your TEDx talk on the, and uh, the show notes. Congratulations on that big time. Uh, also thank you for, for being on uh, the other show, cool culture corner. We'll put the, um, the link there so they could have a whole David tram afternoon if they want to <laughs> learn more uh, <laughs> from all these these resources. Uh, but most importantly, doc, you know, Thanks. Thanks for being on with me again. Thanks for being on the uh, Credit Union Business News Podcast and, and giving us um, some very superb insight. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Ken, for having me on again. It's always a pleasure. Have so much fun. Thanks.
0: <laughs> it, it is a lot of fun, and I hope that all of you that are either watching uh, or listening the, to the audio version of this podcast enjoyed it as well. And we will, of course, be coming at you again Uh, in about two weeks with another episode of the credit union business news podcast. Take care. Learn more about credit union business news at credit union business.com suggestions for the credit union business news podcast can be directed to Tim O'Hara at Tim at C U business.com or Ken Bader at K Bader, B A T O R at btc. Inc.net. To learn more about this episode's sponsor, please go to btcinc.net.